0: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community.
1: Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. You can find Nick and I at the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook, Facebook. And or TikTok, store Definitely go interact with us there. We love being uh, interactive with people at TikTok. Big fan of it. I'm also a big fan of Boulevard Unfiltered Wheat. This is one of the most original craft beers that I first got into. There was uh, another one that started floating around here in Oklahoma. And um, this one's at, I think, Boulevard right there out of Kansas City. Yep. And uh, went up uh, years ago when I was in Kansas City and did a little tour. It's a it's a great place. I was, I don't know about you, but when you're walking through the liquor store and kind of looking through the beer section, is there, you ever have that moment where you almost feel like the beer's talking to you and you're like, oh, yeah, hi. Yeah. I want to drink <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah. I want some of you too. They want some of me. Yeah. That's the way I was. I saw Boulevard Wheat. And I just was like, man, I have not had this beer in so long. Had to grab it. It is one of uh, my old all-time favorites, but it's been a long time since I've had it. So a traditional wheat beer. Now, I want to start off this episode with a little bit of almost one of those, you know, like moments of silence type of deals for some people I, I've seen. And it's, it's really, it's it's affected me a bit is seeing people start to make posts about their troubles. Um there was a kid uh, out of Texas that I followed for years and he came out of one of those, you know, those money groups on Facebook. And, uh, you know, I liked what he was doing and he was down in Texas. So i liked to follow him and saw recently that he posted a picture of out of business for sale, selling his customers, selling his tools. And it's like, you know, we we've known these were going to happen during times, but just to see somebody that you had known for a little bit, um, you know, I had talked to him for years. Uh, you know, I kind of saw him, you know, a couple of years ago, but haven't really I haven't ever reached out, I haven't talked to him, and it just I felt for the guy, right? I mean, young family, dreams. You never know, right? What makes it go away? You kind of look at him and you go, huh. Take a little moment of silence for him, but then it's get your hat back on. Any of us that played ball, it was get your helmet back on, right? Get up off your knee. Time to go play ball again, right? Like, you feel for the people, and at the same time, you go, huh, time to cry over spilled milk. Got to get back to it, right? And just keep, keep climbing, keep climbing. Hey, I don't know about you guys, but uh, <laughs> there's a fun little thing that I would like to know what you guys think. Would you laugh? And which one would you laugh at? Nick, uh, we've got uh, cooking with Nick, who's taking a break, it looks like. And then we've got Nick, our bike guy, has now got a skillet in his hand. So here we go. We got a cooker with new version two. What do you think about that? Here we go, Nick Grooms. That's gonna be fun. You're gonna have to get back in the saddle next week. Have to get back in the saddle. All right, which guy are you laughing at? This is fun. All right, Vic. I'm coming down memorial. I'm down South for everybody that wants to know, this is a a real, real busy area of our town. It's three lanes on each side. So make it a six laner, right? With even that middle part, sometimes you can turn over generally as most other cities that left lane is for moving quickly that middle lane is for just kind of cruising on through because you don't want to be on that right lane as always for and it's strip mall after strip mall dealership after strip mall right so anybody in that right lane is always going to be taking a ride getting into a restaurant or strip mall so you're never in that lane i'm always in the middle lane i'm cruising down And suddenly, coming up the side is a big old truck, and this is cool. I like the truck. It's the Ford Silver. It's got the black rims. Got the little, you know, the big tires, but they're they're not like they're not too far out. They're not too much. It's just right. It's clean. It's got the black glass. And what makes it even better for those of you that know, if you're a true Oklahoman, and if you're that good old boy that you probably got that you probably got the party in the back and you're probably the new style party in the back. It's got a real fancy curls and it's business in the front, but it's curly too, right? That seems to be the new trend as everybody keeps. I know other people in the rest of the country no longer wear mullets, but everybody in Oklahoma still keeps wearing it. I don't know what it is about it, but we love it for some reason. So he's that guy and you know how he's that guy because he's got the hook'em horns of Texas pointed downwards, right? That's that's how us here in Oklahoma know if you're a good old boy with the truck is you got the hook and horns turned down and as we get into the fall weather and football starts you'll remember what I'm saying and it's always a good battle as a bedlam uh, goes on but. So this guy's coming up and he's got a good engine. You can hear it. He's got a, the, he's got some good exhaust coming out. He's got a good ruffle coming and he, he runs up, up, up ahead of me. You can tell he's, he's moving fast and about, you know, he's just enough time to where you can kind of check out the truck and you're like, okay, looking good. And he gets out there about 30, 40 feet up. And then suddenly coming up behind him, is that asshole in the Dodge truck, right? There's always that Dodge truck owner, right? There's always that guy, right? <clears throat> that guy comes flying up behind him. But what he doesn't realize now I get it. It's just some kids that are having fun. I had a guy that I had, my buddy named Rogers. I had an S 10. He had a Ford Ranger. We love to run around chasing each other. Who's ever just raise a hand a little bit. If you're in the car and you're answering this question, honk the horn. If you're detailing a car, maybe clap your hand or whatever. Like, has anybody played chase, right? You ever played chase in your car, right? Chase is so much fun. So That's what these guys were doing. No problem at all. Having fun, enjoying the car live. Of course, the Dodge truck's in the back. We all understand why. But he finally catches up only as I'm passing by him because he has to slam on his brakes. Because remember, there's always that asshole that's even worse up there in the front that's in the left-hand lane going really slow. So these guys are slamming on their brakes. Do you laugh? Because yeah. we've all seen it, right? Or yeah. yeah. You see it, do you laugh at him and be like, ah, like a Dodge truck guy? Of course, man, what an idiot. Or, and about 15 seconds later as I'm going down, here's the other person I wonder. Because you're in three-lane traffic, right? There's always these two guys, they're having fun, they're chasing. But then the person that's just flying through traffic, going too fast, and gets pulled over. And you go, why why in the world were you trying to go fly through here? This is not a place to be going fast. You know, or do you kind of go with, you know, little three fingers up, you know, like peace be with you as you go on, you know, Hunger Games type of deal. You know, like, do you laugh at the guy that got pulled over by the cops or are you laughing at the Dodge truck guy? Right. Let's go around. I'm going to start with Vic, our Tulsa native. What about you, man? Are you laughing at Dodge truck? We'll do it real quick. Dodge truck or getting pulled over by the cops?
2: No, Dodge truck, man. I I, I saw like seven people get pulled over today. I don't know if it's up, but crazy.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of cops out today. No doubt. All right, Nick. uh, uh, Bicycle. Not bicycle, my bad. Motorcycle Nick. I guess we got to give you a nickname. You can't be cooking with Nick, even though you're cooking. All right, Nick, come back. Uh, you, you laughing at the Dodge truck guy or you laughing at uh, the guy getting pulled over?
3: Talking to me or the other Nick?
1: No, you, yeah. Oh,
3: what's up? Sorry, my wife was talking to me. <laughs>
1: oh, no worries. I'll keep asking other people and come back to you. All right, Bryce. All right. Uh, you laughing at the Dodge truck guy that's flying up? Or are you laughing at the guy that got pulled over by the cops? Bryce?
4: Uh, Dodge truck guy every day. Sorry, it was uh, having some issues there.
1: Yeah, no worries. You just got to unmute when we're we're ready. Cool. All right, Dodge truck guy for you. That's two Dodge truck guys. All right, so let's go over to Brandon. I'll unmute you, Brandon. All right, Brandon, you got to... You got to laugh at one of the others, the guy that got pulled over, the Dodge truck guy.
5: It's hard because I've been both, but probably the Dodge truck guy.
1: Good. Cause I was about to tell you, there's no way, like there's no, there's no picking sides here, man. You got to get one or the other. I'm good. I'm glad. All right. We got three. We got three for the Dodge truck guy. And we all know who I'm going to save last for this. So we'll wait and we'll save somebody last for this. Let's go over to stellar. All right, stellar. You got, the Dodge truck guy, we got three votes for Dodge truck guy, or the one that got pulled over.
0: Yeah, I, it's hard for me, too, because I've been both guys. Um, but I, I'd go for the Dodge truck guy just because it's Dodge truck guy.
1: Derek, you recognize that voice? <laughs> no I mean, way, he's back. You recognize that voice? <laughs> What's up,
0: guys? What's yeah, up, man? Say,
6: like,
0: I'm, I'm, oh, not, I'm back is? for good now. I'm not, I'm not missing it anymore.
6: Oh, I'm good, for good, good, good. Me Marty yeah. talking about
0: you. Sorry, it's dark. We just went out to dinner. We're driving home now. I'm in the passenger seat.
1: Oh, good. Brandon's not. He's trying to, to <laughs> he's trying to pint and drive at the same time. <laughs> oh. All right. Let's see. Here we go. Joe, clean. Are you going five for five on the Dodge truck guy or the guy that got pulled over? You know, you're running around in your vet. You said you're going fast. I mean, you might be the guy one day that gets pulled over.
7: I plead the fifth.
1: Uh I don't think that's an option.
7: Yeah, I because I have a Dodge Ram, okay? And I was <laughs> the one that got pulled over. So
1: you guys this whole time. <laughs> You're not laughing at either one. <laughs> I put pipes on my dodge. <laughs> we know exactly now Oh, here we go It's even better We got another Dodge truck owner All right
7: all in ass. <laughs> oh,
1: cooking, with, cooking with Nick What about you, man? I know you're not laughing at the guy that got pulled over
8: You're 100% correct That dude that got pulled over Got what was coming to him And the satisfaction's just there The dude in the Dodge Haha, that dickhead can't do shit I'm laughing at him all day all right, <laughs> uh, Derek from DJD. Got him off the old situation.
6: Well, guys, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm glad the guy who got pulled over because I love to see people get pulled, especially if they do something stupid. And then you see that cop come up and get them. And I love just pointing and going, ha ha! Like, because like, the cop seems to come out of nowhere and get them right when you like, I, you always say, I wish that guy would get pulled over. Boom, he gets pulled over. And you say, like, Yes, makes the whole day.
1: Hey, uh, listen, I can't hate you for that either. It's just if it was anything other than a Dodge truck, I'd be right there oh, with you. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. Ah, John from Ride and Shine, are you laughing at the Dodge truck guy or are you laughing at the uh, the poor fellow that got pulled over?
9: Oh, I got the best of both worlds. Uh, in this case, I had a Dodge truck up my ass for 22 miles. Then he decided to whip around me, cut me off, slam my brakes, caused me to slam my brakes, Come around the corner and as soon as you got around, he got his ass pulled over. So I laughed both ways the whole fucking time. And I yes. I, I slowed down just to get off the off ramp just to go back around and laugh again. That's how oh, it God. Was <laughs> Justice sir. Yeah. No, no. It was the best damn day because usually I'm the one getting pulled over and he was up my ass and I mean he was ready to fight. And I'm like, dude, whatever. And sure enough, come around the corner and sure enough, there was a state patrol sitting right there. So I just laughed. I, I had to
1: pull over. I couldn't breathe. I laughed so hard. That's awesome. All right. Mr. Dodge truck himself, Dustin Stanley. I know you never drive your Dodge truck like that, young kid. I know you're always in the the middle lane cruising around. So you don't ever get into those type of situations, do you? Did You don't laugh at that guy. You, you laugh at the guy getting pulled over, right?
10: Oh, yeah. I'm definitely laughing at him, The one, the one getting pulled over, but you know, I, I'm calling a little bullshit on this whole conversation here because, uh, um, <laughs> you know, you guys must be hanging out around some awfully slow trucks because my Dodge, it, it ain't real slow. I've taken plenty of WRXs, STIs, 350Zs, the Gapple Bs a time or two. I mean, it's a little rowdy. It's a good street driver, you know, but most of the time we just can't see over the dash. I mean, I, I'm 5'7". Tent's a little too dark. I I can't see shit. So if I'm up your ass, it's probably just because I don't see you. <laughs>
1: that's that's exact words from a Dodge truck owner right there. If I'm yeah, up you know, your ass, it's because I can't see you.
10: <laughs> you know, we're we're busy TikTokking and and everything else while we're going down the road. You know, we got other stuff going on, more important, important stuff.
1: All right, so are you laughing at the guy that got pulled over then? Huh.
10: Oh yeah, it's always comical to see uh you know see somebody else pull get pulled over when you're running with them and they get pulled over instead of you. It's always a great time because you're not getting the ticket.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I feel you on that one, maybe once or twice as you're going down the highway, but I've just never done it in traffic. Like I've never done it down a three lane road. So
10: no, it's- me neither. Uh yeah, because I, I I I've had a lot of in my younger years I had a lot of speeding tickets. And eventually, I realized that uh, I lost a job because of a, of a speeding ticket. And I was like, yeah, i got to chill her down now. So then I just went to sport bikes for my speed. So, uh, you know, grab a gear and disappear. You know what I'm saying? There
1: you, there you go. I get it. I get it. <laughs> All right. One thing that's no laughing matter is improper ceramic coating applications, right? Improperly putting on a coating and properly installing it, the whole process, however you define it, done wrong can cause some serious issues. You don't get it prepped the right way. Good chance it might not last the full time that's supposed to, as what you told the customer, or as the customer of what you were told, or as you bought it off a website and went to put it on yourself, I didn't quite figure out how to properly prep it and so it just might not last as long another flip side to it right if you don't get it all the way wiped off you leave what's called a high spot these things can get nasty you can also leave shadows and clear coats you can have all kinds of issues when you look at the sun and that paint just doesn't look quite like it used to because it's got coating that hardened onto it, and then did not get properly removed. So we're going to go through because we hear back and forth of, you know, ceramic coating prep is the most important. Now we're going to go through some application process type questions. There's no right or, wrong, right or wrong answer. It's just, what do you think for you? Okay. Don't worry about what somebody else might do or somebody else might think. What is it we want to know from you? So let's start off. Vic, is ceramic coating prep? It's kind of a yes or no. We'll go real quick. Actually, give me a couple sentence response, right? Yes or no. And justify it with a couple sentences, but go quick. Is ceramic coating prep the most important part of the overall ceramic coating process?
2: Uh, well, yes and no. Because you have to make sure it's prepped correctly so it would hear right. But at the same
1: time, I'm going to cut you off <laughs> because Joe clean will do the same thing. And if Brandon gets home and he gets on, he'll do the same thing. Can't do it. You got to yeah. answer. It's a yes or no. And explain why. Because there's clearly stated in many people's views that it is. So we just want to know from you. Hey, if you say no, say no and why. Say yes, say yes and why. I'll just say yes then,
2: now because okay. uh, the Cody can adhere
3: properly.
1: Okay. Cool. Uh, Nick, motorcycle Nick. Hey, do you want to call us? Do you want us to give you a nickname for like uh what? Uh, pigs with Nick in your what? What's your what's your, <laughs> what's your motorcycle detailing business name?
3: Uh, Pig Daddy Detail.
1: Yeah, Pig Daddy. You want us to just call you Pig Daddy? We'll call you Pig Daddy. Let's do that. Call you Pig Daddy. All right, Pig Daddy, when you're coating a bike, is ceramic coating prep the most important part or is the application?
3: Um, I'd I'd go with the prep side because you got to get all that contaminants off and make sure it's paint's ready and looking good before you lay that coating on there.
1: Cool. Thank you. Bryce?
4: Yeah, I'm going to go with yes also. Um, you got to get anything, any polishing compound, anything that's not uh, wiped off is going to be stuck under the coating.
1: Okay, cool. Thanks, man. Joe Clean?
7: No. Prep is not the most important part because if you're using the right soap, as in the soap strip, and you're not polishing a car. It is actually grease-free, especially with a proper wash. That is my prep. That so is still chem- a prep. The chemical should be doing the job. I, I should not have to have a chemical to say that it's a wheel cleaner and then take out a brush and have to agitate it and then take out another brush and have to spray this on it and then take out a, no. So if I use your foam soap, that is a stripper, I should be able to wash it, dry it with clean microfiber towels and go straight into coatings. Now. I don't know if it's working until I just paint the squash.
1: Okay. I, I'm not going to kind of, John kind of chimed in. like, I think you're you're also then saying that the prep is the most important part because you talked about the prep process being everything that you talked about. So, are you, I mean, yes, prep's the most important or the application's the most important? Can't
7: double dip, man.
1: It, yeah, I couldn't you know, let Vic Joe, double dip. No,
7: nah, Joe's a double dipper. He's gonna take you, it all. It's it's hard to say though because you say <laughs> is,
1: I know that's why it's a great question. You got to put yourself out there.
7: Do you go back and do something when the first thing? Because I wouldn't just walk up to a dirty car and just start coating it, Mm-mm. but it glossifies it.
6: Can't I mean, so So, I That's word of the so, day. so this. I mean, of
1: course be- you got to wash the car, Joe. But is the wash part and the prep part more important than putting it on the applicator and wiping it properly on the paint? That's the question.
7: Okay, now it's not yeah. a question because I can't walk up to a dirty car and just put on a coating. And if I wash the car, I'm washing it with the proper soap, which answers the question that is my prep because the, strip, the soap stripper, the, the wax stripper soap is actually the prep. Yeah. So the, the question either is going to be a question or not a question. So if I can't just walk up to a dirty car and put on the coating, everybody should say yes, because everybody got to wash the car. But if you're using the proper soap that strips, and you're well- yeah, but Joe, you're
1: defining it just, and I, I appreciate it, man. I do. I love the <laughs> way you think, man. I do. But you got to understand what so many other people are defining as prep, right? There's, there's decontaminating the paint. There's polishing everybody. Many times it talks about prep works the most important. They're going to always say that you've got to, you know, do full corrections on the car or at least put a polisher on the car. I mean, it's overall anything that could be done before, and it's not that you could just walk up to a car and coat it. I love that. I love the way you think. That's not in the situation. The situation is you've got to fully prep the car and then you've got to fully put on the coating. Is the application of the coating more important than the prep work? And I think I'm pretty sure you're saying also, as everybody else, is the prep whether it's the soap that you use the decon you use whatever your process might be however you prep the car is more important than the wiping it on
7: yes so the okay. question should be now how to prep because everybody's prep is different because we all know we have to
1: we'll prep. get there we'll get there yeah, we'll yeah. get there. We're going to get into that, Joe. We're going to get into that, but we're starting a foundation to see where everybody thinks, right? So, everybody so far thinks that it's the prep work. All right. We got one, two, three, four. Dustin, are you prepping? That's the most important part, or is the wiping on part?
10: Uh, I mean, there, there's really no solid answer to this because they're both equally important, right? Uh, Okay.
1: I'm going to stop you too. I would say no. I would say that I could teach somebody that just got hired on how to use a hyper clean Fuego to spray on paint. I would tell them how to pour hyper Clean clean cleanse into a foam cannon and then spray it onto a car and wash it. I could teach somebody also then how to use foam wash and spray it onto a car and then use a clay pad to remove any more contamination. So you've got chemical and physical decon. And then I could teach somebody very easily how to dry the car. And then if I really had this customer that needed it polished, it's pretty simple to hold the DA systems that everybody has now today and just go over the paint real quick. That's prepping. But if I give somebody brand new a coating and try and have them put it on an applicator or wipe it on a section, and get it all removed inside of a window and not leave any high spots, but not remove it too soon. And everything that goes into the application phase of it becomes a lot more technical. So as I've cut everybody else off, that's why I cut you off too, Dustin, which then is more important, the technical part or the prep part that really anybody could do
10: it's that for me it's definitely the finishing aspect of it of laying the coating down and getting it off without any high spots uh because i i can teach anybody to throw some dawn in a foam cannon and we'll just say dawn for instance we all know we all use hyper clean cleanse right but i can just be like hey throw the dawn there here's the clay mitt wash it foam it clay it boom we're ready to go right the hardest part is teaching people to look for the high spots, look from different angles and stuff like that. Because the last thing we want as a customer to see, Hey, what's that smudge right there.
1: All right. So your answer so, is, are you the first one? You're the first one to go uh, application is the hardest part. Most important. Yeah,
10: absolutely. I, I mean, cause I, you know, with employees, with employees, it's easy for us as retailers, <laughs> the business owners, to be to to absolutely have it dialed in. I know what to do, this, that, and the other. Dialed but I'm in. telling you, oh, when you dialed in. Somebody called Nick. But <laughs> anyways, when you get employees, it is tough to teach them to look over every little thing from different angles to look for high spots. They have it in their mind of okay, I just wipe, wipe, flip my towel, grab another, finish with that and go on about my day. That's the hardest part to teach. That's the hardest part of a whole coding job right there.
1: Uh, Joe clean's biting at the jaws. He's got to get in. He can't wait anymore. What's up, Joe clean.
7: Okay. Uh, Mine's is just the word of what's important or what is the hardest. Cause this is what's throwing me off because yes, it's very important to prep anything, but it sounds like we're saying which one is the hardest to do. Prep the car first or code it? Because sound like Dustin was saying how hard it was to train somebody on high spots. No, he
9: said, he said what's most important
7: to you. Yeah, what's most important. That's why I'm getting thrown off because of the word important. Because um, prep is always important. Anything before you even lay a house, prep work is important because you got to lay the foundation. You can't just build it on sand. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. The word important. Is what my question now is. That's what's throwing me off. Is the word important? Are you
1: trying to re, re revisit your side, your question? Are you trying to re redo no. your? Are you trying, trying to, to it.
9: Yeah, trying to revamp
1: no? I know redoing, Joe <laughs> cleaning, i know <ain't> redoing. <laughs> All right, Derek from DJD. Most important or hardest, which <laughs> one do you? Do you think? Well,
6: I consider prep. Everything and I mean everything before the coating. Yeah. And I'm talking everything else. I'm and then wash, decal clay, polish. If you're gonna polish, I use power polishers personally, and then go right into the coat, then right there after that, then you're coating. So I consider the prep, yeah, really important. The coating, like I said, most times pretty easy to apply, but the prep to me is the most important. Prep is key as I always I've been saying it for a while, I like all the prep
8: for it before the coating.
1: Okay. Thanks, man. Cooking with Nick.
8: I still think the prep is definitely the most important. That's the first thing I think of. Um, like you can use whatever method you want to, to prep it. Is it going to be using prep soap or IPA? Like whatever, that, that prep is going to make the difference between a one-year coating lasting 90 days or a full year or a three-year coating failing in six months, like if you just lay it on and, and forget to wipe it off, guess what? There's still gonna be something on the paint and that's something there. Do we really want that flashy rainbow product? No, but that's the hardest part of it. But I don't think that's the most important part of it. So I'll go with prep.
1: you're going with prep. Thank you, sir. All right, Mac. Doesn't look like you're at, uh, you know, I was driving by this past weekend we we dropped off my stepson he he was in this uh this uh, uh this class this camp where he learned to code video games and then when he every sunday he can come back and play and so we dropped him off to play we we're like let's go grab a little bite to eat have some beers we drove right by the olive garden and i threw on my brakes and i was like hmm i mean the bar did look tempting the food looked good and i was like you know you can have some peroni i think i've had peroni at olive garden you can have some Italian beers. You had Dos Equis, I believe. Uh, but we went on down to the seafood place and had a little uh, seafood broil and had some Dos Equis down there with some Cajun shrimp in a boil. All right, Mac, what about you? What's the most important part? Is it the prep work or is it the actual application?
11: I would definitely say that the prep work is probably the most important. Um, I would not want to lay down um, – coating well on top of like brake dust or any uh, contaminants that are beneath the surface that would actually affect the duration and the durability of the coating.
1: Okay. Thanks, Mac. John from Ranshine. what about you, brother?
9: It's all about the prep. Uh, I just got done doing a free training to uh, three local detailers on how to ceramic uh, coat, but the biggest thing is the conversation was exactly that. Do we prep or do we not prep? And I've showed them when you don't prep, what can happen? And I show when you prep, what can happen? If you are looking for longevity and you're telling the client in regards to using a coating sealant or wax, if you don't prep it, it's not gonna last, end of story.
1: Cool, thanks, John. All right, Alex, back from the past. What about Hi. you, man? Are you, uh, yes. you Am on I, the prep uh, my, side my, or the application side?
0: Definitely prep. The coding can only be as good as the surface you're applying it to, right? So I'll definitely vote for prep.
1: Coding can only be as good as the surface you're applying to. Okay. Cool. (laughs) All right. So here's the next question. Everybody's voting prep. Prep's the most important thing. What is the first thing that you guys look for on a vehicle that you know that you got to spend time prepping? Right? Because different vehicles have different parts that you gotta really work on sometimes. What is the first thing, okay? Vic, first thing that you look for in the prep phase that you know, right? I look for this, because I know I'm gonna have to work on it.
2: Uh, well, I guess first thing would kind of be seeing if the customer wants any scratches removed. Okay. If don't, then I guess it makes your prep a lot easier. Okay.
1: Let's go ahead and say the customer doesn't have scratches, right? So good good idea, we'll throw that out. Customer doesn't need quote unquote scratches. We're gonna define scratches as more than, um, you know, there's uh, swirl marks that some people claim that they see, which we definitely see plenty of swirl marks from a high-speed rotary buffer. But then many times people define swirl marks that are actually was More of a spider web type mark, right? Where it's you look at the paint and you see this big giant web when you see the sun in the paint. Okay. You also have what people call car wash scratches, or, you know, maybe they've gone to uh, an automatic car wash or one with a brush and they've moved their brush back and forth and they've created these lines of uh, marring and kind of mid level scratches. So let's say, under this uh, circumstance that they don't have any of the deep ones, right? Like you might have to wet sand, you might have to get some compound. We don't have any of that, right? We might have a little bit of the light marring, but the customer isn't concerned so much about heavy cutting. So might have some light marring in there. That could be a little bit. Now go. Um
3: yeah,
2: for now. Uh I mean I guess heavy brake dust.
1: Okay. Cool. That's a good one. Heavy brake dust. All right. Big daddy. What's the number one thing, the first thing you look for on that bike before you coat it? You're gonna work on prep and what's the first thing you look for? Well,
3: I guess uh contamination. Like you said, either brake dust or on the paint itself, I guess just stuff. A lot of times around here lately, we've been having a lot of tree sap and other stuff, stuff all the trees just getting on our vehicles, but I have to get all that stuff off.
1: Okay, cool. So brake dust and contamination on the paint.
3: Yeah. Use a clean soap. Usually all I do is just clean soap, foam it, scrub it down and then rinse it off prep the paint and stuff,
1: that panel wipe, and we're usually good to go after that. Okay. Cool. Thanks, man. All right, Bryce, what about you, man?
4: I'm probably going to feel the paint see if it needs clade. Um, I know on a couple of episodes back, you guys were talking about whether or not uh, cars need clade every time. Um, but brake dust, see if I'm going to need fuego as an iron remover, uh, light-colored cars for iron contaminants. Um, other than that, see if they want those small fine swirls removed uh, just an enhancement.
1: Okay, cool. Thanks. You're going contamination first. Good call. Joe clean. What about you, Matt Clark comes in. What's the first thing in prep that you're looking at? Because you know that you might have to work. What are you looking for? Uh,
7: I first go down to, um, I look for the tar, you know, the rocket panels. Um, I look for if they have splattered paint, because sometimes I've had it to where I've detailed a car and I went to go prep it, like meaning to wipe it down with the alcohol and whatever, and realize I still had splattered paint on the bottom of the door areas and the back fender. So that's one of the main things I look for now, um, looking for the rocker panels for any type of tar, gum, um, you just name it anything that's splattered that's not a part of the car. And then I let that soak as I'm washing the car with my, like, goof off or whatever I have to break that down.
1: Cool, man. Thank you. Dustin, first thing you look for during the prep process?
10: Uh, Typically for me, it is the trunk. Uh, So whether that's a back hatch, the, you know, the trunk of the car, the bumper, uh, because that's where you get the most contaminants, um, especially up here a lot of dirt roads gravel stuff like that um and then it's the, the rockers for me uh, when i'm prepping dakota car all
1: right this is why i really think and here we go cheers community here's what i love about community because dustin just makes a statement about where he's from the most important thing for me i would never have thought to look at the back part of the vehicle first I always look at the front bumper. That's the first place I look. What do those bugs look like? How's that gonna look? What does the hood look like? That's what I love, man. That's awesome. I would have never thought to look at the back part of the vehicle first. So that's Yeah. Cool.
10: It's uh it, like I said, that's usually the roughest part of the vehicle up here. Um for us. Our bugs aren't nearly as bad as they are down in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but uh, occasionally if we get one that's in for our stage one, which comes with zero paint correction, uh, it's just uno. We will uh, just quickly run a polisher over the front of it, get those off. If they didn't come off in the wash process, but yeah, the the trunk, the rear hatches, especially white vehicles, dude, they come in like orange on a regular basis. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no fun there. All right, Derek, what about you? Prep work? What's the first thing you look for?
6: Um, like you said, it's not really going after swirls and stuff, but um, I usually look at the lower panels of the light usually kind of to see if there's any built up stuff. And then usually during the wash process, I'll usually feel, feel in the paint and see if it needs to be clayed. And then if it does, then go into there.
1: Okay, cool. Oh, well, cooking with Nick.
8: I gotta go with iron, man. Like brake dust buildup or industrial fallout, that's usually one of the that first ones. You. you know, I, I work with a lot of new cars. You guys know I work for Tesla, and uh, a lot of our cars come from the rail yard. Um, after a long journey on the rail yard, you're gonna accumulate some rail dust a lot of times. So, one of the first things I look for when prepping a car is going to be iron contaminants and. It'll either be built up in the front or the rear, but if it's a used car, it's always going to be really heavily built up in the rear, like Dustin said. But iron is one of the first things I look for because we have a defined process on how to take care of it quickly and effectively. Um, Don't do that. Then the, the end result of whatever we're doing is diminished. So it's an easy thing to look at with a big effect, a big result and we have a defined process on how to take care of it. So that goes first.
1: Okay, cool.
11: Mac. Uh, so I, two things, I for, I look for new cars with those new tag plates, that's easy work. Um, keep the prep down to a minimum. But if it's like a, if it's an older car, the first thing I'm looking for is because of the sun is oxidation. Um, I'm looking at the hood and the roof uh, for oxidation, so I, I warned them in advance that some some preparation and, and corrections is going to be needed to, to lay a coating on top of that.
1: Ah, good one. Good call. John from
9: Riding I'm with Mac. The first three things I look are the hood, the roof, and the trunk, because those are the, the, the biggest things out in Arizona that get trashed the first, so I always have to check it and then check my paint gauge to see what we can even work with. Otherwise, I've turned away work because there's not enough to work with. Um, but yeah, or they'll, or they'll have us, you know, wrap the, the, the roof, um, because they want the roof wrapped because the, is clear it's going, but yeah, that's, those are the three first things I always check for any vehicle.
1: John, do you guys even get bugs out there?
9: We get it in seasons. And so like I drove down, uh, down by Lake Havasu and I'm pretty sure I, I swear, I'm pretty sure I hit every damn butterfly that is known to man, it seems like, because I couldn't even see the front of my vehicle. The bugs we get are, they they come as they're migrating. So that's, that. we don't get a whole lot of bugs, but yeah, we do get some and and it's more or less when you start getting it out towards the uh, agriculture side of it.
1: Okay, cool. Good to know, all right, Alex. What about you, man? What's the first thing as you're prepping the vehicle? What's the first thing you look for?
0: For, for me, it's water spots. We have, we have like really hard water around here. And sometimes they come off really easy. It's cake. And other times it can be such a time killer for me. Um, that it's, it's important for me to figure that out even before I give uh, the final invoice. Uh, mm. Yeah, because it can be brutal. And, and I usually upsell glass uh, coatings when I, when I coat the paint, um, so they, they can definitely be a pain in my ass for sure.
1: Good one. All right. Next week, we're going to talk about how to find water spots, ways different people locate them, different ways to remove them because I recently worked on a vehicle that I chased water spots and yeah. it's not fun chasing water spots. It's really not. So want to talk through some different ways. Everybody goes and chases water spots different ways they go after them so good call man water spots are definitely uh, i did not look for water spots and then after everything was done and i was ready to go code yeah but like, what the hell are those well that, that's like, the thing you, you can do a one step yeah
0: and still you, i did you wipe you wipe it you yeah it's gonna take care of them you wipe it and they're still there
1: they're still there Went, okay, yep. here we go. So I'm with you, man. We're gonna talk about that next week. So love to see you back on. Hi, right, Brandon Shaw. What about you? You're uh, you're prepping a vehicle. What is the first thing you look for when you go to prep a vehicle? I'll go. Oh, you already unmuted your own self. Well, look at you driving and unmuted. I told you, keep your eyes on the road, brother. <laughs>
5: I usually look at the condition of the paint with the customer and ask them what they see because, of course, my eyes usually see more. Uh, and that's where I start. So I try to figure out if the customer wants to fix the damage or if they're happy the, with the way it is and just clay bar it, give it a quick polish, and coat it.
1: I did not expect you to say that at all, Brandon. That's pretty cool, man.
5: What do you expect not... me to say?
1: I have no idea. I really didn't. I had no expectations of what you were going to say. I just didn't expect you to say that.
5: So, Oh, I wasn't offended. I was just wondering what you, what you were thinking.
1: No. <laughs> so, well, I guess maybe if I'm real, uh, I would think that you were going to look for swirls and stuff, right? Swirl-free Syracuse? <laughs> hey, here we go. <laughs>
5: which, which I do, uh, I, but I try to do it with the customer. I, I will try to point them out, but if they don't see them, I'm not going to charge them for what they don't see.
1: Right bro. Wow. Man, now what we're a, what talking. A what a guy. Mm. I like it. I like it. All right. Give us a little rundown. You took a trip up to Canada. Did you drink any good beer?
5: You better have. Um, I looked everywhere for Guinness. It took five. Even, yeah, we're talking good beer. Good oil. beer, Brandon.
1: Good beer. <laughs> not chocolate. Whoa. Not
5: chocolate milk. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I had a Guinness on Market Street, and it was
1: delicious. <laughs> ah, okay, we're just giving you shit, man. So <laughs> that's the only <laughs> beer you found in Canada was uh, uh Guinness?
5: Yeah, I, did, I didn't drink a lot while I was there. Um, I didn't really know anybody. I just I went to check, down, check out downtown, and I stopped at a bar and had a Guinness, and that's about it. Nothing exciting, just a lot of training.
1: Okay, man. Well, I hope you enjoyed the Guinness. I saw the picture. I did I
5: did did wander into, I I saw a supermarket near my hotel. I wandered in and didn't realize it was a Japanese supermarket. And I got in and like everything's in Japanese. I had had no idea
1: what anything was. It was pretty crazy. They could have just gone and said Sapporo. They'd be like, oh, over aisle 52.
5: (laughs) They had like uh what was it it was a uh, sweet and spicy sauce chips and lime chips and cucumber they had all this crazy stuff in there
1: hmm. sounds awesome Ooh. sounds like my kind of place all right last question as we go around and then we'll get to the tab out question we'll do this one quickly okay so how do you test for contamination all right this can be Couple different ways. Everybody's got their own opinions. Um, But what do you look for? How do you test for it? And what is your way of dealing with contamination in the prep process? All right, Vic. So, I mean, we'll do like an iron
2: remover. And then if like we don't see, you know, contamination coming off, then necessarily clay, we don't have to.
1: Okay, cool. So you're um, chemical decon and then always mechanical decon with clay or sometimes? Uh,
2: sometimes. Like there was a Tesla that was like brand new and um, we did, you know, cleanse. And then we did uh iron remover and there was really nothing coming off from the iron remover. Um, you know, kind of like touch the paint. There was really no, you know, like what do you call it? <laughs> it was then that really it seemed like it needed to be clayed. Okay. So oh. We just
1: didn't clay. Okay. Great. All right. Big Daddy. How do you deal with contamination? What What's What's your process? What do you do?
3: Uh, Pretty much just using that clean soap. But I haven't came across anything too heavy since I've been be telling that i need to clay i'll be honest being a beginner i haven't actually gotten into clay or used all that i haven't really had a purpose with it with your claims either to really need to do clay i guess
1: but okay
3: it's been coming out pretty clean maybe i need to look into clay later but i come across something a little heavier
1: <laughs> yeah no all good i mean it's that you don't have to do any i mean it's what's what's coming into your shop and how do you deal with it? So cleanse and fuego and you're good to go, huh?
11: Yeah,
3: for the most part.
1: Okay. Cool. Thanks, man. All right, Bryce, what about you, man? What's your approach on decontamination? Mechanical, chemical? Do you do it before you, you soap? You know, walk us through your process. Uh, how do you decon a vehicle?
4: Yeah, I strip soap um in fuego see if i'm getting anything um then i'll always touch the paint whether that's good bad um to determine if i need to do a mechanical decon
1: cool so touch the paint meaning you just rub your fingers across it what do you do
4: yeah just to see if there's any grittiness um before and after fuego if there's still something there that fuego wouldn't pick up, i'll clay but if not or if it's been recently cleaned and played by somebody else no reason to put clay on it again.
1: Okay. Uh, how do you test if you you just, just your finger, do you ever use anything else? This is, this is a, I, I asked the question because I've always found it fascinating over the past years, there has been a movement, like you said, to not touch the car. Right. But one of the things that I've always done to help sell to a customer of why they should buy a decontamination before they get a protection. And that's whatever form of protection that you want to put on the vehicle of why they should get their, their car clayed is I will have them touch their vehicle. And specifically I would have them many times. I would ask him and that I finally stopped doing it because it was such a random question to ask and the people that didn't smoke would kind of look at you at like, what? So I would usually just (laughs) already have a, like, you know, whether it's a sandwich bag or some type of wrapper or cellophane or something. But at first I would ask him, right? Hey, do you smoke? If you do, can I use that little wrapper that's around your cigarettes? Right now, you just would run into random whether they did or not. So I just tried to avoid all that. And I would grab, I would just have the sandwich bag already loaded. Curious, Bryce, do you ever do this? You know, just give that to the customer and have them use the bag or something. That's that inner intermediary between the fingers and the paint, because it really does help elevate whatever it is in that paint that might be contaminating. Do you ever do that when you have people touch the car?
4: I haven't done that, but I've seen it um, done by other people. Uh, most of the times I've got at least like a one-step enhancement already lined up mm-hmm. um, for swirls or anything. So I'll just clay it anyway, or if it feels smooth to me, I'll I'm going over it again. With the I'm one glad step you anyway. said that.
1: All right. So Bryce, you, you fall in the camp or so to speak, the theory of every time you're going to put a coating on, you're always going to do some type of polish or one step. So, Naturally, you're going to go ahead and clay it before that anyway. Is that, I, I think, is what you're saying?
4: So far, the cars that I've done have at least needed clay. Um, they've all been a little bit older. Um, nothing new.
1: Cool. I'm you. Thanks, I'm
6: man. I'm I'm about the same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's everybody. Everybody does all kinds of different. That's, that's what's beautiful about community, right? Love it. All right, Joe Clean, what about you? This will be interesting. I'm looking forward to this one.
7: Well, you took my words. Um, I started out with Cigarette Wrapper, uh, the plastic around the Newport box. I had an old school guy taught me that probably about 10 or so years ago. He was like, man, check this out. Put it, rub it, uh, rub your hand across it. He's like, do you feel that? I was like, yeah. He's like, now take this here and put it on your two fingers and rubbed it. Dude, it felt like I was rubbing across Mount Everest. Because it actually projects the, the break dust and fallout and different things inside of your paint. So that's my way of selling um, uh, decon on anything that when people say, oh, you can just wax it, I would show them how smooth, how rough their paint is, and I clay one spot and then show them how smooth it is, they would want to to clay the car first, which is a $75 upcharge at that time for me. And that's how I used to always get an extra $75 before any wax. So that was my selling point with the plat. Now I use the, you know, the thank you, the thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, since we say in Chinese Korean people, their thank you bags. Uh, Yes, (laughs) yes. I use that now because I got a, a box of a thousand of those, but, and that's what I use now.
1: You mean like the, like if you go to a, a Chinese <laughs> restaurant and get takeout yeah. and they yeah. all have that bags. exact same bag that yeah. says thank you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you mean?
7: Yes. I have bags at my shop. Yes.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah. Love it. That's a great idea. Yeah. All right. Dustin Stanley, after you're done checking out that backside. And you're uh, ready to go work on the front side. Ooh. how do you look for decontamination? What's your process?
10: Uh, I'm using my hand. That's it. I, I've never. I don't. From what I can remember, I don't think I've ever done the plastic baggy trick. I know it's a, you know, it's a great thing and all, whatever, but it's always my hand. I know the places that I'm gonna feel. So that's like the front doors the rocker panels, places like that, behind the rear wheels, behind the front wheels, that type of thing. Um, so that's All what right. I'm checking for.
1: So during what part of the process do you put your hands on those parts? Is it you sprayed it with foam wash, you've done cleanse? What is it are You you've washed it and then you look? I mean, when do you touch the vehicle? Is it before you've even washed it?
10: Nope. So that's uh, after I wash it, after we hit it with fuego and let that dwell. And then uh, while fuego is on there, we're actually going to take a clay mitt and go over the vehicle. Um, And if the clay mitt doesn't take it off or I'm going to touch it with my hand, uh, always do. And if that doesn't take it off, then I know once we get the vehicle rinsed off and we get it up into its uh, into its spot, then I'm going to have to break out a clay bar uh, to take care of the heavier stuff and, or some solvent to remove that. Um, so that's my process there.
1: Okay. Thank you, sir. Derek from DJ. All
6: right. Maybe I'm a maniac, but usually I will, I mean, you can usually tell like right away if the cart needs to be clayed, but like when I'll rinse it off, just, just the pre-rinse to kind of just see what's on there. And usually I'll pick a spot and I'll feel with my glove—the nitro gloves on. You'll feel it right away. I go, oh crap, it needs to be clayed. But I do what a lot of guys were saying. While well, I'll clay a section, especially the customers, out, will call them out. And then if you clay real good, I mean, you can especially if the cars heavily contaminated. They can be like, oh whoa, they feel how my glass finishes, and I just explain it well. You exfoliate your skin before you put lotion on, right? They're like, yeah. Well, it's the same thing for your car. And then they're like, oh, that makes sense. And then you want you want that nice smooth surface before I put either my wax sealant or coating on before you don't, you don't want all that crap built up on a car. And they go, yeah, I don't want that. And then bam, like Joe was saying, you upcharge them and then you can go from there.
1: Speaking of Joe, he's got his uh, hand raised. Oh, Joe clean.
7: Yeah. I didn't answer the question. I just explained the, the cigarette wrapper thing. Um, I had something else in my head, right? <laughs> oh. um, for me, every single car is different. Like when I say every single car is different, Um, I had a 2020, I believe it was a 2023, because it only had like 40 miles on it. And it was an X5. It was all black. So when I got that car, I knew I was going to do a paint enhancement. So all I did was rinse it. And then I put the soap on it and I clayed it with the soap because I got clay mitts that I use. But if a car car is really old, I would put soap on it first, let it sit, then rinse it so it can break down. And then I always clay with the wash, and then I would use an iron remover if I feel as though I didn't get it all with my clay mitt because my clay mitt is not that aggressive, as in a clay bar. So I and, I and
1: Joe, I'm glad you said that, right? Because this is the other this listen community, right? Everybody's got their own processes, but this is what's fun. Some people would put fuego or iron decon, right? iron decon before they clay, you said you clay and then iron decon. Was it Derek? Was that you that said that you will actually decon? You'll spray fuego and then you'll use your mitt over the fuego. Was that you or was that Dustin?
6: I think that was Dustin. I I was Dustin,
1: right? Like three completely different processes, three completely different processes.
6: Because after I
7: clay wash mitt, I rinse. And then I use my plastic. That's where I use my plastic. On, mm-hmm. on my, and that will tell me if I need to use my iron remover or not. Iron remover is very expensive, so I use it as best as possible. I don't just yes. use Some it. Some people
1: say time and mechanicals cost more because it's, you well, know, you're not just spraying it, stuff and going.
6: But you, added, you it, that need to be added to in my. I'll, yeah. So I was going to say, if you do it during the wash process, it doesn't add that. Like I, I'll. I have the mitt where it's a, the max shine one where it's a mitt on the one side and then it's a clay mitt on the other side. So you can literally wash the panel, flip it over clay and go to the next panel. And it maybe adds a few more minutes to the wash. And then, it, like I said, the rear usually and the lower panels usually will need to get an iron remover. Like I, I seen in a video of that Volvo, it looked clean. And then after the wash, I was like, let me spray some flag when I spray it on the back. I was like, holy crap. But like, you could see the little yellow dots from the and the guy. Oh, it's clean, but they never washed the car. It has been two years since the car got washed, so I knew it was going to be contaminated. I could feel it, like on the back tailgate. Like this, I always back tailgates and SUVs, trunks are always bad. So I sprayed it on after the wash and all that crap, and I had to re-rinse it. But I usually do the clay during the wash washbush with the mints.
1: Yeah, everybody's got their different processes. This is what's fun about this discussion. All right, Mac, what about you?
11: So uh, today, I actually, learned um, that bag trick. Uh, we got a Walmart bag and we we ran it over over the paint. Uh, we were we were working on a three thousand mile twenty nineteen um, AMG, and um, to to the touch it felt really smooth. But once we put the bag under on it, uh, you felt everything on on, on the paint. Um, so we would typically just wash it and then clay it, um, and then we do a test spot with iron remover. We did a test spot with fuego around the wheel wells and on, on the hood to see if it. Um, if we needed it and then if, we, if the rest of the vehicle didn't if it didn't spot up on that um, we just wouldn't decontaminate the rest we would just use the, the clay mitt. okay
1: thanks man appreciate it yeah. alex
0: yeah so I, I wash rinse i do chemical decontamination first and then um I, I usually i put clay to pretty much every car that i'm that i'm going to polish or coat um if not the whole car i there's at least i, I find spots that need it um, the, tr- the, the backside of the trunk, especially around like the license plate area collects contaminants like crazy. Um, I do chemical first, cause I feel like that's going to break down most of it. My clay will last longer and I'm not, I'm less likely to drag contaminants across the paint while I clay.
1: That is one backed, right? There's, we always love to toss around different ways. That is one part that some people said of why they would use a chemical decon first is because it helps their clay last longer because you remove some of it. And some people have said you create less chance of marring
0: yep. that way. Yep, I, I agree with that. Um, and it's one of the more expensive products, the chemical decontamination, whatever brand you use, but time is money. So I, 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 I don't use it sparingly. I did when I, when I first started detailing, you know, that was the $20 for a 16-ounce bottle. I felt like I needed to save it or something, but I, I go through quite a bit of it, but I feel like I, I make up more than make up for it in the time that I save.
1: Yeah. That is, like I said, there is one part of it. Everybody trades different parts. Some people believe. And if you're that way, listen, I said it the other day when we were talking about the new Mirlex that we started bringing in that black 2000 model, I'll put Fuego in it. I can go through and hit those wheels, hit the barrels, and then go and hit the paint as I go around. I'm not doing this spray pattern. I'm getting even around the whole coverage. I feel like I'm saving product and I'm saving time.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Definitely. All right, John from Brian I
9: was brought up in the out body world, so I, I... – I see with my hands and so I'll always touch a vehicle after it's been washed to see if I can fill any contamination um I do carry uh baggies with me for that reason for for the hype up when clients you know I'll talk about well what's a clay bar or stuff like that and then I'll, I'll clay an area and show them the before and after but usually I'll do I'll do a decom wash um because by doing a decom wash spraying it then foaming it and the decon wash, it has made my clay mitts last three times longer.
1: There you go. That's another person that says that too. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Nick, uh, I know you guys are heavy at Tesla on spraying decon. You spray first or you go in with the clay? What's your guys' process when you're deconning?
8: Uh both at tesla and in my personal stuff i'll always get a feel of the paint i'll rub my hand on it Use that on paper bag um unless I'm, I'm i'm training somebody to know what to look for but um yeah usually I'll, I'll just use my hand and feel the paint and get an idea of if it's contaminated or how much and we'll chemical decontaminate it first and we'll let the chemical do the work um, as you mentioned um, uh, decon is usually, I believe, pH neutral. We can let it sit for a little bit, and I want to let it do as much work as we can um, and minimize uh, mechanical contact as much as I can. So we'll let it sit and, and we'll let it dwell and do whatever it can. And if we have to go over it with clay, if it's not doing enough work and we just have to get in there, sure, we'll, we'll use a clay or a clay mitt and and get in there and take care of it. But chemicals is, is preferred to always go first.
1: Cool. Thanks, Nick. All right, Brandon. I know you're sipping on something there. It didn't look like a cold beer. It looked like a what a Starbucks coffee or something. What do you what do you got over there?
12: We got a milkshake, some French fries and spicy nuggets.
1: Oh, <laughs> now we're talking. All right. Oh, what kind of milkshake did you go with? Just vanilla. Just vanilla? Why do you yeah. say it like just vanilla? Why don't you go like vanilla? Like, <laughs> is there other options?
12: I don't know. It's uh it's vanilla, right? It's uh pretty basic.
1: Oh, we know all about vanilla here, don't we, Brandon?
12: <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. All right, so what about you when you're deconning? Are you uh you hitting it first with uh chemical decon? What do you look for? How do you do it? What's your process? Are you going in with a uh, play bar first or is that second? What do you do?
12: Whenever I'm coating a car, I'm gonna typically I, I don't think i've ever coated a car without clay barring in all honesty oh. but um i typically you could see it right when you're looking at the car looking it over you could see decon- decontamination in the paint
1: okay well, what are you looking for because you say you can see it yeah nobody else has said that so that's really cool when you see it what do you see you could see it's kind of clogging the reflection you could see hmm. it's kind of dull um, so you, you look always... at the lights and see the refraction of the paint inside the light.
12: Yeah. Cool. And then if I'm going to clay bar it, I just do it while I'm washing it. I foam, you know, you do your wheels, then I foam the car, clean it. And then when I get it all clean, I refoam it and I clay bar it.
1: So John from Rhine shine said he sees with his hands. You see with your eyes. Yeah. You don't touch it. How do you, what do you do with the touching part?
12: Um, I mean, if you have to, but typically touching it is just to show the customer.
1: (laughs) I mean, if you have to, if you can't see it with your eyes. No, I I mean, most
12: cars that are contaminated are pretty dull. It's usually pretty apparent, but if it's minor and you got to feel it, yeah, you rub your hand across it. Usually you feel it when you're washing it's well, and you yeah, wash.
1: what are you mostly that's what i was going to say what do you mostly feel when you wash what's your contamination up there in syracuse
12: we get a lot of uh pollen contamination bird poop here is like worse I, even a guy in miami said it's like the worst here than it is anywhere in upstate new york for some reason it just eats right away at everything uh and then we get a lot of brake dust we get a lot of salt salt contamination from throwing salt on the roads that gets clogged in the paint pretty often.
7: Cool.
1: They Thanks, use sand man. down
12: the roads, too. So that clogs the paint sometimes, too.
1: Oh, the sand does?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I know what he's talking about. That sounds rough.
1: Hmm. You know what's rough is that time of the night where, well, Alex, I know you feel sad. You've been <laughs> back. But, you know, <laughs> there there comes a time, right? Comes a time that you just got to tab out. It's time for that tab out question, Derek from DJD. What's the tab out question of the night?
6: All right, guys. So I'm going to give an example after the question to give you some thoughts. So uh, here we go. So what would you guys consider your personal hell while you're detailing the outside of the car besides the windows? And here's my example. You're out cleaning the car. You got a customer that's not getting the hint that they need to get the hell out of there and stop talking to you. You got to finish the car up. You're going, it's hot as hell. You're you're about to lay on the coating and your sweat just won't stop landing on the coating as you're trying to sweat it off. And this customer is still talking to you going like, what's this? What's that? What's this? And you're literally in, and the hell is it keeps repeating itself over and over and over and over and over again. So what's your guy's personal health?
1: Does that customer have white shoes, white socks, and, uh, you know, rolls around that, in a vet? Yeah.
6: I'll I I say the last one I did, it was an Audi A5. The guy would not. He was a nice guy, but he would not go away every five minutes.
1: All right. Before we get to the tab out question, let's do a little side tab out question. Joe, do you now get offended by people talking about the Corvette guy wearing white tube socks and white shoes? Or did you actually go get your pair when it you got your car? Like, did it come with the car? <laughs> did the dog wow. sandals come with it?
7: Marty, Marty, I do not own that C8. I just had it for like two and a half, three weeks. Okay. And I now understand Corvette owners. Okay.
9: <laughs> Wait. What do you Whoa. You yeah. You what, do you you what do you mean you understand it? Like. What do you mean? Like, did you, you mean?
1: go to Walmart and buy some tube socks? Is that what you happened? The, the Corvette. No. The Chevy logo hat. He,
7: he dressed the no. car. You know I'm a deep thinker. Okay. I drove I in. A, it is not a practical car. <laughs> no, it's not. You, especially the C8. Uh, especially uh, the C8. You, you have to have a secondary car. So if you're spending yes. $1,000 on a car, you're going to see me in this car. Okay. <laughs> Reven up. And when I talk to you, it's going to be about this car that I can only ride once or twice a month. Joe, I
6: have, I have to ask you one question though. Yeah. When you were speeding, I saw the video. Did you, yeah. Did was your wife. Like, did she drive it too? Or did you, or she wouldn't touch it?
7: My wife drove that car like it was a doggone Prius everywhere. Dude, she went to Target in the car. She did return in that car. She went Wait. to public. She had to use the front truck and the back truck. We had so much trash in that car because of loose items. dog
1: it was, It's not practical. I know. All right. Derek, apologies, man. I just had to ask, right? Just, no, no, just I just wanted, right?
6: wanted to ask him last week because uh, I was watching his Instagram and I'm seeing his wife, like, whoa, And I'm like, Joe, when did you get the CA, man? Like, oh. I was like, I gotta, I'm happy you asked him.
7: Yeah, I'm, but that, was, that wasn't that was my wife, by the way. That was a friend.
6: I'm,
1: I'm glad <laughs> oh, to know that yeah. your tube socks are in stock and you got your new balance. I'm glad yeah. that you Derek's just
0: glad we're talking about tube socks now, and we're not talking about knee pads anymore. Knee
6: pads. Oh, man, Alex. <laughs> no, I I got a nice Brandon. I got a, I bought a, a a little knee pad from Brandon, and I've been using that thing, like, every day, man. I think it's getting beat up now, but I love that thing. Those Alex, knee pads
8: would be trying.
1: He got tired of wearing his knee pads, and he went straight to, like, you just throw some <laughs> little pad down on the floor. Now, man, yeah. you wear those in public? It's, so it's a shame, team, Alex. Girl. It really is. It's really is that a, shame. a shame, man. I wear those. I went. You know, we
6: talking Went to Home Depot. I'm like, you working today? I'm like, uh, yeah. And the guy would just smile at you, and he'd see the white compound on your shirt, and you'd be like, Oh yeah, he's so smiling at you, all right? Yeah, he knows what you've been doing. I'm sorry, fucking <laughs> <I'm> more. <sorry. laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> actually, my other shirt, I I sure wore my other shirt. I actually did get compound on my shirt. My oh, other team shirt. Hey,
12: Derek, my, my buddy at My Cars and Coffee asked for a free detail, and I took one of those pads and threw it threw it in front of me, <laughs> and he didn't get what I was saying. He was just looking at me confused. Everyone
5: else
6: <laughs> <laughs> I love the lead. You know, like people you ask me, where do you get that? I'm like, oh, this is the Mac Shine knee pad. It saved your knee. It's like, <laughs> real quick. I know, I'm terrible.
1: All uh, right, Derek. All right, remind us what the tab-out question is because we chased uh, we chased a little rabbit with Joe Klein.
6: So, what would you consider your personal hell while detailing the outside of the car, besides the windows?
1: All right, we all know Alex's. He said he's got to run. We all know for him, it would be that he didn't have his knee pads on and he he couldn't get a hold of of brandon to get one of those pads we all know we all know. <laughs> all right alex i know you said you got a run sir what's what's your answer what's the uh what's the worst hell that you would go through when you're detailing the outside of the car
0: I'd, I'd have to go back to water spots um Ooh. they deal with the client the client watching so most of my clients i the relationship i have with them i could basically tell he actually
1: the likes it Derek. he likes them watching him he, he actually he <laughs> that's the relationship he actually does like it
0: i can i can tell to get fucked and like they're cool like that but if they're not cool like that they can get fucked anyway because after that job i don't want (laughs) to i probably don't want to deal with them again
1: Derek, i'm pretty sure if we remember alex is the guy that took a dump at somebody's property around the tree when we yes. were talking about no, was, remember? Yes. So, no, yes. No, he he's got a different type of clientele he can deal with.
0: <laughs> that, was, that was not me. When when was that conversation? Was that the R V conversation? Yeah,
6: <laughs> it, was so. like, it was a detailed RV. Are you going inside? And then everyone's You're like,
1: around No, around I'm going the around the tree. And we're like, Wait, yeah. what? Uh, like, I <laughs> wouldn't.
0: if, if anything, I, I, I probably said that that's why I bought a, a full-size transit. <laughs> ah, inside of I'm good to go. speaking a of full-size vans of Vic
1: got one and we we know what he does in that oh yeah <laughs> Alex man good to see you brother thanks for hopping on we'll see yeah, you next it's, week it's
0: a pleasure, right, guys. You, Alex, I'll see you guys next week
1: see you, man. see you man all right Vic here in Tulsa what's your worst hell when you're you're working on the outside of a car
2: I, I think I think Joe Clean might have touched on this um I heard it in a in a podcast before but like you know we're working on a car and we're trying not to it's real hot outside sunny and you know you're watching it um and somebody pulls up and they're like how much Like <laughs> trying to talk to you and stuff i'm like and then you're like you know it's like this weird predicament where you have to like dry the car off but then they're just staring at you and like they're like hey hey how much i'm like wait like let me let me finish this panel real quick
6: but because because it's a weird hell, it just happens over and over. And yeah. all, you can't get out of it. And you're like,
2: oh, ah, no. Like, it's like a professional cycle of jackassery. Um,
1: yes. <laughs> good one, Vic. Good one. All right, Bryce, personal hell. What's your personal hell?
4: I'm pretty new to the game. I don't really have anything that has bothered me so far.
1: Okay. Joe clean. I chased that rabbit earlier and I forgot to come back to you on the personal hell part. What's your personal hell on the outside of the vehicle
7: it was, was going to be the one that I was going to read reiterate people saying, Hey, how much as if they can walk up in the restaurant and say, Hey, I'm hungry. How much? So, <laughs> I had a guy this weekend do the same thing. It was 102 degrees and we were, I was running out of water because my arm too much water on the car, and I had eight more cars to go, and I couldn't get to them because I ran out of water. And while I was had the soap on the car, a guy said, hey, can you do mine next? Because he had a Porsche, a brand new Porsche, too. I was like, I really like the Porsche. But I was mm. like, oh, and while I'm looking at him, my window soap dried up. And then I got, I got, I got some hard stains, but I had to use more water to wash mm. it out bubble back up. And that was a little bit of water I had. That had pissed me off because I took my eyes off the car.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah so
7: my rabbit trail is because people saying how much from a distance.
1: Florida sounds like a tough place to clean cars.
7: Dude, it's it's not it's not tough. It's it's I, I'm built different because I think people should have common sense. You know, if somebody's somebody's I don't know, doing something in the middle of working, have a forklift or something, you just walk up to the forklift while he got the bulldozer swinging about to hit you in your head and ask mm. how much to build mm. his house. It's like the weirdest thing people do here. Here too, man. Here too. Oh
2: my God.
6: I had, I had, I was working on a car the other day, and I had a guy, one of the, like trying to sell like the insecticide, like whatever for the house. And the guy, hey, we work on this car. And I'm like, bro, I don't live here. I told him like six or seven times, but he just kept trying to sell me. I was like, sir, I just told you, I do not live here. I'm working. <laughs> I'm detailing this car. I don't live here. This is not my house. And he just kept. Oh, I was, I was like, I was listening listen, buddy, man. I, I don't know. Like, so he ended up having to go down the street. Eventually, he got it. But I know what you're saying, though. I'm like, bro, like, uh, look at my shirt. Like, I don't live here. Like, <laughs> I don't can afford this car. Like, <laughs> have
2: you guys ever had an Amazon driver just walk up to you and hand you a oh, package yeah.
6: and walk? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The, I've been luckily the, the guys near me, it's the same Amazon driver. So the dude the, just like, hey there, can you hand me a box? And I walk in up and I put it. I always put nice to meet me in the garage because the same house like, it always happens that.
1: <laughs> that is crazy. I haven't had that. I haven't had an Amazon give me a package for the place that we were cleaning cars at. Oh, that is funny. Hey,
7: yeah. real quick, you know how I made it? You know how I realized I was successful as a detailer? Every house I when you
1: drove the when you drove the Corvette, no, no,
7: no, no, every every house that I detail at has the FedEx, UPS, they never pass that house. It packages always come to that particular house. And I almost I just assume that they got so much money. The truck never passes their house.
1: It's just so weird for me. Okay. Mm. That's interesting. That is interesting. Always got boxes coming. You know what's interesting also is uh, Dustin Stanley's answer to this tab out question, because I think he's got probably an interesting perspective to it. I
10: don't know. Uh, uh, For me, the most aggravating thing.
1: That's not a great way to start off. (laughs) I mean, I I teed you up and like ready to rock and roll. And you go, I don't know. Maybe, Uh, I don't know. There's so many You're things
10: that I've dealt with plan. over the years, uh, you know, from the the neighbor when I was doing mobile. Hey, can you wash my next? Or you know, hey, fuck you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, but 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 nowadays it's it's when you pull the vehicle out of the shop to give it an inspection, and then you see that one streak mm-hmm. of dirt on the trim. Ooh. just that one streak and you're like ah you Jeez. know here we go again and then you run back in the shop grab the flick grab a towel and come back out and then you find something you know that type of thing that's what's aggravating for Ooh. me mm. nowadays is trim I, I don't know about where you guys are from but all the trim up here on every vehicle is just like destroyed brown everything else
1: i had some trim i had to work on uh, the other day well what a couple weeks ago cooking with nick i had to send cooking with nick a message because was curious about how to work on some tesla trim that had quite a bit of damage to it so yeah trim can be uh trim can be tricky no doubt about it all right brandon from shawshank what about you man
12: first i gotta ask joe a question on his corvette too <laughs> <laughs> There we go Joe, after you drove the Corvette, did you use McGuire ceramic spray and tell everybody you use ceramic coated your car and it's better than any ceramic coating they could <laughs> <What>? offer?
1: <laughs> did you wear tube socks at the same time?
7: I actually coated socks. Oh, I charge him fourteen hundred dollars to do a tray on it. When he first,
6: nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, Joe. What color? What color was the Corvette? Was it black?
7: It's black. Yeah, yeah, red calipers. Oh, so,
6: actually, yeah. I think I done one. Yeah, did he have the yeah. red line on the rims too?
7: Yes, it, yeah, okay. It's on, it's on my Instagram, I did it in slow motion about some months ago.
3: Oh,
12: but my personal hell, I'm surprised nobody said it. I, I had to deal with it today, is fixing other detailers' mistakes.
11: Yeah, personal Ooh.
12: hell uh today i pulled out a 911 turbo s after i detailed it and i remember telling the guy when i saw it that i saw issues with the coating well i pull it outside he's waiting he's came a little early he's waiting while i'm wiping the car down in the sun i'm i'm chasing streaks everywhere on this black porsche and they won't come out and i keep going around going around i'm like shit this is this is the coating like (laughs) the coating is destroyed (laughs) There's high spots, there's streaks. So I go and show the client and, and he's like, you know what? It's funny you say that. I was washing the car and I thought I did a really bad job. I said, no, it's it's the coating. Oh. Uh, wow. There's an installer here that puts on a certain brand and I won't say it. Um, Derek, you know, I talked to you about it.
10: Oh, but, yes. yes. Uh,
12: that's what yes. it was. And it was that installer. And he oh. does it on the side and does it cheap for high-end cars. And I see the issue all the time.
10: Mm. oh brandon that that sounds like the issue that i had with uh Mm. with with jeep uh what's the truck jeep marty gladiator with a jeep gladiator guy he bought he bought a uh ceramic coating offline and then applied it to the whole the whole gladiator and then came back around to take it off and was like oh i can't get it off so he, it came to us. We, we leveled the coating with a finishing pad. Uh leveled it in nicely, get rid of all the high spots. And he's like, well, Hey, should we do another coating? I said, well, wait till we wash it. Let's we'll see what we got left. I said, I think we just leveled it in. So you should have plenty of, you know, some protection there. Well, he went to get his windows tinted and got suckered into a, you know, big time package. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah that that was hell for me so it sounds like you've got a job coming up where you're gonna have to fix a coding mistake
12: i do but the problem is it's fully ppf'd
10: oh yeah oh, you might able, you know, you might a it. whole car Ooh.
6: is
9: ppf some of it Ooh. oh is it bad though because we've been, been there done that you have to pull all the ppf off and restart it i did a whole fucking car that way I, I can literally, it it's not right.
12: just the high, I was showing him high spots. I was showing him so he realized it wasn't my my product. I was using Slick and I was showing him on the glass like how it doesn't streak. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was showing him that, uh, I, you can look and actually see the lines of the coating everywhere.
10: Oh, God. Uh, everywhere. Okay, well, uh, you can polish the coating. And this lightly. guy does or like. The, the PPF. Yeah
12: doing this, I've seen it on his the customer's dad's RS7. I've seen it on multiple cars. He's coating so many high-end cars here, and I I don't get it. I don't
7: get nobody. He making that money with them high spots.
12: (laughs) But how does no one see it? It's like ah Uh, (laughs) people don't see it, man.
9: Wait, that that that
12: that's my hell? That drove me nuts. And then letting that car leave with all those streaks and high spots oh. would be nuts. He, oh. He's not charging what they can't see. what, Brand, Brand, <laughs> what,
3: Brand, what color
6: was what color was the Porsche? Uh, it was uh, gloss black. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Oh, pissed me off too.
12: Yeah, hooked me, me most of the day while I had an Aston Martin waiting for me to clean it, and I took forever Ooh. on this car. So I, I, that's why I was on driving when you guys started. I didn't get out until late. Gotcha.
1: Vic is trying to interrupt a tab out question with another question. Well, since
2: we're on the topic of Codians, um, we haven't been in business for a full year yet. But, like, let's say we were to put Uno on a cart, and then, you know, like a year or whatever comes up. um, Can we just, like, apply Uno again? Or do we have to take what's left on there off and then reapply it? We haven't been through that a so yes. prep to re it. Okay. Yep. just
9: right on top. Light,
11: light
1: prep and redo it. Okay. Yep. That's it. Derek, you had your hand up. Anything else you wanted to add to that?
6: Uh, the only thing, because I've, I've done, I did that recently, but it was with Trey, because I had a customer where we, we, well, CC 105 at the time, but Trey, that's how long it was a lease vehicle. And uh, we just did, then like, I just did uh, primer polish on it just to kind of level everything. And then, you know, do a light wipe and put a new thing, a tray a tray back on and guys happy as hell. So, but you can just go around real light, especially if there's not that many swirls, you can go real light on it just to kind of reprime it and then just coat it. And then this way you're not taking too much clear coat off and it's good to go. Usually you're
12: cheating primer polish. Cheated? I've been using primer <laughs> polishes for years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love them. All right. Cooking with Nick. What about you, man?
8: Personal hell has got to be PPF removal for sure. Um, I haven't exactly figured out the super efficient way to do it. I've tried Steam. We got a temp steamer and I've tried it and it's, it's it, it kind of worked, but I, I can't imagine having, having to peel like a, a really intricate front bumper with like little to no hand protection. It just, just destroys your hands doing it for a few hours, but a giant, intricate piece like that, nah, nah, I'd rather die. <laughs> <laughs> <Why? Somebody else? laughs> oh,
6: my God. You'd rather die, <laughs>
9: <laughs> <He's like> a-
12: <laughs> Nick, I just went to PPF training, and I've always used steam, but at the training, they had, like, the it's like a rectangle at the end of the steamer with a cloth on it, and it made it so easy. You just oh, ran it up and down the PPF,
6: and it worked great. I need to try,
9: Brandon. That will save you so much time.
6: Yeah, Brandon, was it like the head that's got the clip on it, so you can clip the towel to it? I've seen those. Yes, yeah, and not and no. the
1: same. Isn't that what everybody uses for carpets and seats with the steamer?
10: Yeah,
1: I mean, Dustin's the steamer king. He was asking me earlier. you Captain, know. oh, no,
10: not not the steamer king, but it does it does play a lot of. Uh... You know, it works in a lot of areas, that's for sure. sure. Are you guys talking about the microfiber, like the bonnet that goes over? Is that what you're talking about?
12: Yes.
1: Oh, no, I've seen literally, no, I I thought it was a tap. I mean, the way I've always seen steam on carpets, and Brandon, this is interesting you brought it up. I haven't seen it this way for PPF or removing anything like that. Most people, when they're doing PPF, you see them taking every attachment off. And just using that very narrow straight shoot but what you're saying is actually a carpet tool that you put on that triangle part of the steamer with the clips and you wrap it like a diaper and you put your your microfiber towel like a diaper around these clips generally that's the way i always see people using steam for cleaning carpets or seats spraying an enzyme or another cleaner and then going over with steam on seats i've never seen anybody do that for ppf so that's a pretty interesting little tip that you just gave out because yeah, that's, that's not that's a common it, thing
9: used when i'm removing it it's just it cuts your time down because the steam goes everywhere versus just one small area so there i learned you. that trick about two years ago and it that really did. is cuts time down that's it. And that's
7: what I was going to say to you, Nick. If you would use more moisture of steam versus just the vapor, the water clings to the PPF, keeps it hotter longer. It's like grit sticking to you versus just vapor. So the the bonnet makes the heat mm. hit metal and make a direct heat to the PPF. And it stays hotter longer so you can pull it off with the, the glue adhesive to come off.
2: Wow. Yeah. Community.
12: Unless it's seven-year-old 3M and then good luck.
7: It- yeah, good
9: <laughs> Yeah, I would say, yeah get your razor blade out. That <laughs> yellow stuff.
1: All right, that was a good horror story, Nick. Personal hell for you. It sounds like uh it's a tough one to deal with. Let's finish with John from Shine.
9: My two personal hells, uh just because they happen on a regular basis when it's 110 degrees. No, it has to be two. because 'Cause they, they they both fucking what's happen
1: today. What's everybody gotta do this or that? <laughs> you just no, can't answer the question. No, no, I'll both. tell you
9: what. Because one is, I get, because it's 110 out of here, nobody ever wants to fucking roll a window down, so they honk at me like I'm a dog. And then right when I soak the car, I'm like, no, I I act like I got earbuds in. The other one is what my biggest nightmare is, is constant, constant landscapers. I get, pull the car out, get it all checked up, and landscapers are out there blowing shit around all the fucking time.
1: (laughs) That is an interesting battle. Absolutely true. That is a, it literally is probably the unspoken battle of the industry is yeah. mobile detailers versus landscapers. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. i tell right. you, I
12: haven't had to deal with that for a month and it's been beautiful.
9: <laughs> all of my, ma- my, my maintenance clients, I know all the landscapers now, and they're all cool. They always ask, Hey, are you starting or are you finishing? And I'm like, I'm starting. They're like, okay, we're going to blow this way. We're good to go. And then I'm like, I'll get it in. So
11: we finally have gotten,
9: gotten a rule down with the area that I'm in when I get majority of them. So seems to work out a lot better, but damn it. We just get this done. And there's all this freaking dust all over the place from them. Yeah.
1: That, that uh, mulched up, Grass that they chewed up, and depending on where you're at, but I tell you what, Vic, there's no doubt that Bermuda grass is pretty dusty in the summer. Whoo, it's tough. Or the spring when it's they're chopping up the the Bermuda grass that's been dead from the winter. Mm-hmm. Listen, everybody's got different grass in different parts of the country, so that is an interesting one, John. Nicely done, man. Way to close it out because the. The battle as a mobile detailer with uh, somebody mowing the yard. Absolutely right. Good call. Joe Clean, man. Had a lot of fun with you, brother. Thanks for hopping on. Vic, nicely done. Love the photo back there, Muhammad Ali. That's a great one right there. Bryce, man. Thanks for hopping on, brother. It's great to see you, man. What are you sipping on? What do you got there?
4: The uh, Sierra Nevada hazy little thing. Ah,
1: oh, favorite right, that's, that's yeah. favorite right there. Yeah. Right there, man. Pub favorite, yeah, big fan of that one. Dustin didn't know anything about it, but we're glad that he came on. Even though he owns a Dodge truck, thank you. Great to see you <laughs> <Yeah>. as always. <laughs> but yeah, right. Bush, Dodge truck bush and light.
2: bush light. There bush you flight. go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one, Mac. Man, thanks for hopping on, brother. Good to see you. We'll look forward to seeing you next week, Derek. Great tab out question and Brandon. Uh, well, sad to hear that you only got to drink only that one beer and it happened to be that stout, you know, it is what it is. I've heard that there's decent beers up there in Canada, but apparently not. So thanks for letting us know they only have Guinness. That's okay. And hard to find. I, I heard the Canadians had some other beers up there, but you know, I guess not. So,
12: but in Ottawa where I was, uh, in that providence they can only serve so high of an alcohol content for beer and liquor
1: but listen i welcome to oh, oklahoma back uh five years ago that was the way we were we didn't get good beer until literally about five years ago you can only get 3.2 beers
9: like, yeah 7-11 three, two beers that was it well,
1: yeah yeah rough times man i feel you i went to school in arkansas and you couldn't they had. they were a dry county there's still places in arkansas when we go to the lake in arkansas you have to go out of county to get anything decent so yeah it's crazy that there's still places like that man definitely i was
12: hoping to meet sean from Orbisac so he could bring me
1: out but i didn't get to yeah, yeah. i wish that would have been cool definitely Cooking with Nick. Maybe we'll see you back behind that uh, grill next week. We look forward to uh, seeing what you're going to c- come out with, and we'll see you next week. John from Ride Shine. Stay warm out there, brother. I know it's uh, you, you had a you know a little bit of tough time staying warm, um, but we got faith in you, man. You're going to keep staying warm out there in Phoenix. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great night. Okay.
3: Yeah.
1: See you, guys. Hey, this is Marshall. And you know, we would really love for you to be a part of these community pubs. They're so much fun. You get to have the chance to come in and talk to other people about the way you do things. Why do you do them? So come be a part. It's every Wednesday night, 7:30 Central, Zoom ID, 918 800 1188 It's a place for you. It is a community. And this is the community pub. Hey, this is Marshall. Make it a great day